What Goes On Media, this is Coming Out Stories. It's a podcast about one of the most important conversations of your life. I'm Emma Goswell. There aren't many out gay athletes, but Michael Gunning is one of the few who are brave enough to compete internationally and live life as an out gay man. In summer 2021, he'll compete in the pool in the Tokyo Olympics, swimming for Jamaica. This is his story. I identify myself as gay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I kind of went through a long process of identifying myself and how I kind of wanted to like label myself. But um, yeah, I'm 100% gay. <laughs> 100%. Fab. And when was the first time you sort of remember questioning it yourself, thinking, oh, I'm not quite the same as everyone else in my class? Or Yeah, I think, you know, obviously growing up in swimming and growing up in sport, I spent half my time wearing trunks around poolside and... You know, I think from quite a young age, probably about 13, 14, I knew I was different and I knew that I did have feelings towards guys. But, you know, from that very early age, because of, you know, being around poolside all the time, I didn't want to be seen different. I didn't want to, yeah, just be that anomaly in sport because obviously there's not really many, well, if any, gay swimmers or out swimmers in swimming at the minute that's still swimming. Sports seems to be a bit of the last frontier in terms of coming out, doesn't it, really? No, 100%. You know, because you've got to be that macho man. You've got to compete against everyone else. So you don't Mm. want to be seen as weak. So for me, I really suppressed so many feelings for so long just because I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to address it. I just wanted my whole focus to be on swimming. So let's establish where you were and what era this was. Whereabouts were you growing up? Kent, yeah, I grew up in just outside of London mm-hmm. um, in a club. Well, I trained at Beckenham Swimming Club, which mm-hmm. is a really nice club, like quite successful in swimming. There was lots of people that I could look up to in swimming, which was great. But yeah, none that were LGBT, no, you know, they, everyone was straight, very that heterosexual mindset. And was there any bullying or use of homophobic language, anything like that at school? No, you know, I did get bullied at school a little bit. But yeah, it wasn't really to do with my sexuality or, you know, the colour of my skin. I think it was just because I was very different. You know, I'm a very bubbly person. I'm a very outgoing person. And I think just I'm very, very different in all kinds and shapes and forms. (laughs) Kids will always pick up on the other somehow, won't they? No, 100%. But, you know, the bullying did stop. You know, I never changed. I, you know, was a little bit quiet and reserved, I think, after the bullying. But you know, I definitely got my mojo back and just I'm now owning who I am, which is amazing. Mm. So I guess you grew up in a really quite a strict environment in the sense that you've got to be so disciplined to be a swimmer at your level, haven't you? So you didn't probably have time for loads of parties or smoking behind the bike sheds or stuff that most teenagers do, you know what I mean? No, 100%. I think, you know, swimming is, you have to be so dedicated, you know, I'm in the Mm. water nine times a week you know, everything else just kind of gets pushed to a side. So I think because everything was pushed away, you know, I never really even got time to explore my sexuality or find out what it meant. You know, any feelings that I had, I never explored them. They were just, you know, really suppressed deep down inside me. So did you suppress it enough that you went through the motions of having girlfriends or did you just sort of block out that part of your life and just say, it's me and the pool and that's it? <laughs> yeah, I never had girlfriends. I yeah. never, yeah, I never really spoke about that part of my life I think Mm. you know when you're in swimming for me I just 100% commit to swimming and that was kind of my release like everything that I had I put into swimming because I didn't have time for anything else which you know in reality I think I did but I just you know didn't really want to talk about it at that time. I guess your parents were probably quite pleased were they it's like they didn't have any of the normal teenage problems to deal with like you know teenage pregnancy or you know smoking drinking drugs all of that sort of stuff you wouldn't have been getting up to would you? 
No, you know, I went to the odd disco back in the day, but <laughs> other than that, it was just all swimming, which um, yeah. I think so many people find it hard to understand, you know, because anyone that doesn't do swimming or doesn't do a sport, they think, well, why are you swimming before school? Why are you swimming that early in the morning? But mm. I think it's just something that was engraved in me a very long time. And yeah, I love swimming. I love sport and I love doing things that people can't, you know, always say that I can't do. I love proving people wrong. Good for you. So when was the time where you, you did start embracing it? Because obviously you're living your life as an out and proud gay man now. When was the moment where you thought, I'm not hiding this anymore? Yeah, I think I was about 18 or 19 when I came out to my parents. I just wanted to tell them. I wanted to tell somebody else. And, um, you know, once I told them, you know, there was a few questions. There was a lot of, you know, my dad's Jamaica. My mum's um, from Great Britain. So I think my dad had a lot more questions than my mum did. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they fully accepted it and it was just like a massive relief off my shoulders. And I joined the London performance program where Tom Daly was training and like we got really good friends and actually, you know, kind of hearing his perception of everything and obviously his coming out story just kind of inspired me really. And for me to live my authentic self. Oh, Tom Daly was your inspiration. Yeah. You know, like he's obviously, he came out on a YouTube video and I think everyone in the world were kind of watching from from afar kind of just in awe of his confidence really and it definitely inspired me you know he kind of welcomed me into the LGBT community and like meeting new people and it just gave me the confidence I needed to just embrace who I was. That's interesting I remember it being a really big day news-wise at the time I was working for Gadio and I'd recorded my whole news bulletin which at the time was pre-recorded I think I'd gone home or I was on my way home and then Tom Daly came out and I was like, oh God, I've got to go back and re-record the news because it was such a big deal. I couldn't not have it as my lead story. You know, yeah. Tom Daly comes out as, as, well, he came out as bisexual actually, didn't he? Yeah, you know, I think so many people think, oh, you know, bisexual is just a transition into being gay. But mm. I think, you know, unless you explore your sexuality and you know that kind of what percentage, I suppose, what ratio that... For me, like I did, so I went on to the Biolife, which was an amazing experience. And Ah, in fact, yes, you're the second person that, on my podcast that's been in the Biolife. Uh, I interviewed, uh, Daisy was on it as well. Oh, nice. So tell me why you wanted to go and be on a national TV show not long after coming out as gay. Well, I suppose it was a few years, wasn't it? I think like I hadn't come out publicly. I hadn't spoken about my sexuality. Mm. You know, I obviously told my parents that I was attracted to guys, but you know, what half of their questions were, how do you know if you've never been on dates, if you've never explored and Courtney act, obviously, you know, massive in the LGBT community. She wanted to put a show together where you can see, you know, visually people going through those different experiences. Um, Mm. obviously everyone on the show was bisexual. And for me, I was very questioning. I really just, you know, I knew that I liked girls, but because I've never really explored that sexually, like, you know, with a man or a woman, I just think I didn't want to label myself, you know, out there into the public. But it wasn't until I went on the show that I went on my very first date with a girl. And I think having those conversations in that villa, you know, with Daisy, with Ryan, with Mariella, that I kind of just really hit home that I 100% knew that I was just into guys. And that was okay. Well, do you know what? It's nothing but brave, is it really, to do your first date? <laughs> Your first like proper date on a TV dating show. I mean, that's how old were you then? Then, yeah, I this was only two years ago. Yeah, so um, twenty four. Yeah, yeah twenty four, and um, I think it was just nice to be in a villa with like minded people that understood. Mm. You know, I think every day you always try to share your story and explain to people what it's like. But it was so nice in there because everyone knew everyone, 
just totally understood everything that you were going through and you know you could have those open and honest conversations in there and yeah it was amazing they got to watch my dates as well my very first date they got to watch it from the villa i can't think of anything worse michael i've had some awful <laughs> dates myself people watching back at a villa and analyzing your chat up lines and whether your date's going well or not were you not <laughs> terrified oh for me like i really love reassurance yeah. you know kind of being in swimming i'm always wanting to do this certain time i'm always very ambitious and it was nice to go back and get their feedback and to just hear their point of view of how they thought the date went. And because it was my very first date, it was kind of nice to have a bit of support back home waiting for me. <laughs> God, well, anything that uh, didn't result in an awful, disastrous date was a, a good start, really, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> no, 100%. Hand on heart, I didn't watch the end. So what happened? Did you find a nice boyfriend through the programme or not? No, I think for me, it was a massive learning experience. You know, mm. like obviously I did come out as gay on the show. So I had like a lot of dates with lots of different guys. But for me, nothing really clicked. I think one thing I did learn is that I fall very quickly. So, you know, I did meet a guy called Sam and a guy called Kyle that I kind of really questioned, oh my gosh, is this going to last? Is this forever? But um, yeah, and to be fair, since the bio life, I haven't been on a date since. No. I've been chatting to a few people, but yeah, I just need that fully confidence really to go out there. I think I'm ready. Maybe you can only actually go on dates if they're on national television, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. Watch your space. <laughs> That's quite extraordinary, really. That's quite a unique experience, isn't it? You did question your sexuality. You thought you might be bisexual. You went on a TV dating show called The Bi Life and then came out as gay on a bisexual dating program. That's unique. Yeah, you know, I think there was a lot of people questioning like why I went in, but hmm. I think it's so important to show that there is that transition that people might not know that people, you know, just don't know 100% what label they are. And for me, like, hmm. I never really wanted to label my sexuality. You know, I, when I go to different competitions around the world, you know, people label me as black and, you know, I don't really want that. I just want to be known as the swimmer. Yeah. So, you know, I just didn't really want to be labeled as the gay swimmer which is really nice now because, you know, most of the time I don't. People know me as me and, yeah, it's really rewarding. So did you find that the swimming world it embraced you and it wasn't much of an issue? Because I guess it, it was a bit nerve-wracking doing that and coming out publicly. Yeah, I think with me, kind of the, the dip in the road is Jamaica. Um, obviously, I used to represent Team GB and I changed in 2016 to represent Team Jamaica and... There's lots of different rules and like legalities out there of, you know, coming out and being gay. But I think the support I've had from absolutely everyone has been amazing. And I think people are just so inspired by my story because there's, you know, Mark Foster came out as gay, but after his swimming career. And I think lots of athletes do come out after, but I'm kind of the only swimmer that is openly gay and still swimming. So it's amazing. Well, hats off to you. But why was it important for you to do that then and be out and proud mm -hmm. as a competitive athlete you know when I was swimming I was at Manchester International Meet and one of the little swimmers came up to me and said I think I'm gay but I don't know how to tell my parents and mm. you know at this time I hadn't spoken about my sexuality I was just kind of living my authentic self and that really kind of opened my eyes to, to know that you know people are comparing themselves to me they do see a little bit of themselves in me 
And if I can do that on a larger scale with swimmers, you know, all over Britain or all over the world, then it's really going to help so many athletes. So since coming out and kind of going through that story, I get so many messages now, which is amazing of how I've helped people and how they've come out to their parents. And it's amazing. That's lovely. So out of interest, what did you say to him? Because I normally do this question at the end, but you've brought it up. So I think we should do it now. So, you know, what do you say to a little kid that comes up to you and says, I don't know how to tell my parents? Yeah, I just said, like, there's no rush, you know, take your time and really think about your thoughts and feelings and you know obviously there's some cases that people that parents aren't so accepting you know I know that I was very lucky with my parents being so happy for me but you know I just said like be honest and tell people that you trust you know if you know that your parents are going to react badly then maybe tell a friend first you know there's no rush to come out or to label yourself just come out in your own time and feel confident in you know what you're going to say to them and how that's going to make you feel. Let's go back to Jamaica. I mean, not literally because COVID and all of that. <laughs> now, from I've never been, but from my understanding, I know that there are a lot of LGBT people that leave really tough lives there. I've heard of people have been murdered because of their sexuality or their gender identity. Is it a place where you go back that you feel safe, that you feel okay to be a gay man in Jamaica? Yeah, to be totally honest, I do. I think, you know, since being so public about my sexuality, I've had lots of Jamaican people reach out to me to say that they are LGBT. And I think there are a lot of things out there that does support gay and lesbian people, which is just Mm. amazing. Um, You know, I think so many people see it as this massively homophobic place. But I think, you know, they just haven't updated the rules and legislation. But there are so many people that are accepting that you know that are that do throw parties that are celebrating pride and not many people see that side so i do think times are changing i really do maybe it's just got very bad press and pr then for jamaica yeah no i think so you know and don't get me wrong there is definitely people that are totally against you know being gay out there and Mm. that would hate upon people but you know from an athlete's point of view so i've had so much support so do you go out and train with them presumably i mean you're training in england but presumably at some point you know when when the olympics actually happen one day you'll have to go and train with them and train in jamaica yeah yeah well there's not really many international swimmers out there Mm. um you know there's the times are quite tough to qualify for olympics and world championships so for me i'm meeting those standards but i think for jamaica there's a lot of young good junior level swimmers that are kind of that's their aim so i think for me like training in britain is definitely the best for my training you know we have yona who's a diver and alia who's a swimmer so there's definitely like a very small aquatic team but yeah i try to get out there when i can like only visit once or twice a year but for me, like the base of my training is done in the UK. Oh, okay, so you don't have loads of colleagues to sort of socialise with or associate with, really? No, no yeah, they're all in the athletics team. <laughs> oh, well, that's it then. When we when we eventually watch the Olympics and see Jamaica walk around that stadium with the flag, you'll be you'll be there just with a very small portion of aquatics people, I guess. No, one hundred percent. I bet you can't wait though. it's just something we've trained for for so long you know even though it has been postponed this year it's been like a long journey getting here and you know we're not going to let one year change our training change our mindset so I'm still training 100% for the Tokyo 2021 Olympics yes that (laughs) is exciting and then when you go I know they always have a thing called um pride house don't they yes a place where LGB athletes can go and be themselves and get supported and feel part of a community so will you take advantage of that do you think when you go oh 100 you know i know that, that you know they have that tokyo pride house and um i'd love to just go and check it out see what's going on there and you know just continue to share my story because i know that 
you know, a, sh- a, short, a story shared will just help inspire so many other people and just, you know, raise that conversation. Um, will you do anything to sort of talk about LGBT rights when you're in Japan? Or Yeah, I think, you know, that education is so important to teach people, you know, of, of the different experiences that athletes have, you know, like not everyone's had an amazing coming up story, not everyone's had that good transition, you know, especially in that sporting world. So I think it's important to, you know, talk about the rights that we have and, yeah, just vocalise that. So, yes, I have done some um, limited research. I've Google image searched you over breakfast this morning and found a rather nice pair of trunks that you own that have a bit of a nod to a rainbow. So maybe something like that for the Olympics, I'm thinking. Maybe rainbow trunks, you allowed that? Or does it have to be your colours for the sport, for your nation? Yeah, no, to be fair, there is no rules about what trunks you can wear. So 100%, if I can rock the rainbow, I will be doing that. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, see, I always remember in the 80s, Martina Navratilova used to have a little pink triangle on the end of her tennis racket. As a young teenager growing up, I didn't know what it meant. And then I looked it up and then I realised, you know, she was making a big statement about yeah. LGBT rights, even back in the 80s. So it's amazing. It could, it, those little tiny things that you think might be a bit inconsequential could be really important. Yeah. And especially someone that's, you know, repping Jamaica with that Jamaica hat on. I think it's so important to show people that there are other people like like you. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So you have to wear a swimming cap. Yeah. Just because basically like all the different competitions are sponsored by like a different organisation. So the main sponsor for the Olympics, I think, will be Yakult. Yakult normally sponsor. Oh, so you've got a yoghurt name on your head uh, we have to have that on one side and then our flag on the other does it make you go faster though wearing a cap well i wear a bullet hat which is domed so the way they've been made mm. is um yeah super streamlined and the trunks i wear like i'd make sure i get like a super tight yep. streamlined trunk so yeah they all kind of make that little bit of a difference i suppose <laughs> you're talking about nano of a second aren't you to whether it could be like gold silver or bronze so you've got to do it yeah, you train so long, so hard for those years, you've got to make every every little second count. So have you ever come out to other people and had uh, a, a different result? It sounds like you've had a very positive result or you're, or you're coming out. Yeah, to be honest, I've only had positive, really. You know, I often get the odd negative comment and uh, kind of, you know, why are you vocalising it so much on social media? But, you know, I think for me, it's my story. You know, people talk about, the sports they do and you know the nights out that they go on but for me this is what I'm doing I'm you know I'm proud to be an ambassador for you know Stonewall and Athlete Ally and I feel like I'm really trying to just spread the love and show people that it's okay to be who you are and to go through that journey so I'm proud and yeah any negativity I try and you know you, you know me Emma I'm always happy I'm always smiling. You are such a joy to look at on a zoom call because you've got a big grin on your face the whole time. <laughs> proper smiley so tell me about the stuff you do with stonewall then that must be pretty rewarding yeah you know stonewall obviously has an amazing history for lgbt rights and you know i'm one of their sporting champions so you know i get to go into different schools and just educate and you know continue to spread my story so you know there's so many people out there that you know have hard upbringing and you know even parents have made people homeless because they've come out as from their sexuality and i think it's important to show them that there is that network there you know there's childline there's so many places that people can go to if they are struggling so i just tried to help help as many people as i can fantastic so your dad didn't struggle at all then even with his jamaican upbringing did he have any awkward conversations with members of family back in jamaica or not really 
Um, you know, I think he was quite shocked, mm. um, you know, when I did come out to him and there was a lot more questions, you know, like I said, you know, how do I know? You know, I need to get myself out there a little bit more to make sure that that's right. And you know, I just think the normal things that anyone would ask if they're, you know, if they if they don't know, you know, I think it's hard to explain to someone that's not LGBT what it's like. Yeah, I, you know, I think there was a few awkward conversations with family members, but you know, ultimately, I've got to live my life how you know I want to live my life, and my dad's in full support with that. And they've heard my dad's side, and they want to support mm. that too. So I feel very lucky. So do you think when you get to the stage of bringing a boyfriend home, they'll be pretty supportive? If he's a nice boyfriend, obviously. <laughs> 100%. My parents want me to be in a, re- in a relationship. They're like, have you found someone yet? I'm like, no. <laughs> Michael, you must be one of the most eligible people in Britain. Why are you not going to partner? <laughs> one day, when the time's right, I will find that person. Yeah. Well, I guess it's hard to compete with the pool, though, isn't it? I mean, you, you, yeah. How many hours a day do you spend in the pool? Five. Five. Yeah, yeah well, it's, yeah. Two and a half hours in the morning, two and a half hours in the evening, and then gym on top of that. So, um, yeah, it is a big commitment. And I think, you know, especially in COVID times, to meet people and to, yeah, to kind of get that interaction with someone is hard. How do you do it? I mean, are you on Tinder? Are you swiping left and right? What are you doing? No, I've never been on a dating app. No. Um, I just, for me, I like to meet people in person and I like to just get that connection straight away with someone, you know. I've always said that I'd probably be friends with someone first and just jumping straight, you know, into bed with someone. So, yeah, but it's definitely hard with COVID when you can't really meet more than six people. Well, I mean, feel free to use this as a dating app and uh, just put put (laughs) out there to the universe what you'd like to receive. So what what, what sort of boyfriend would you like, do you think? Just someone that is really kind, that just values himself you know I think it's so important to accept yourself for who you are first and you know not need someone else to keep reassuring you and to just get confidence from you should love yourself first and I think I'd I would love to find someone that is fully happy in themselves first and just ready to accept someone else into their life it sounds like you haven't had many relationships but you've got them sussed already before you started it took me a long time to work that particular I've actually got a very long checklist let me tell you that Emma I say this, but when I meet someone, I'm like, mm, "Are you a family person?" No. Oh, okay. I'm going to struggle with you then. <laughs> uh, oh, well, you're planning. You're planning kids already, are you? <laughs> uh-uh. You would be a good dad, I have to say. Oh, thanks, Emma. So it is Olympics, Japan, 2021. What medal are you coming back with? Oh, for me, you know, I think everyone looks at medals, and my goal's always been just to swim and at. at and the Olympic Games. So for me, just to be there and who knows what I will come back with. I would love to make a final. I think that's my aim, a final, but you know, who who knows what can happen. And uh, fingers crossed next time we speak, you'll have a nice hunky boyfriend. <laughs> we'll see. Watch his face. <laughs> Huge thank you to Michael there. Best of luck at the Olympics. I will be watching with interest and I'm crossing everything that he wears those rainbow swimming trunks. Oh, and Michael is just one of the many LGBT plus icons who offer tips on coming out in our new book. It's filled with great advice and some of our favourite stories from the first series. Coming Out Stories, the book, is out on January the 21st, 2021, but you can pre-order now. Just go to ukbookshop.org or wherever you buy your books from and search for Coming Out Stories. There are loads more episodes coming up, so please do subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And we'd also really appreciate it if you find the time to leave us a little rating or a review. 
Find out more about coming out stories or ask us a question or even offer yourself up for an interview. Go on, do it. You can follow us on Twitter at Come Out Stories or on Instagram at Coming Out Stories Pod. We'd love to hear from you. I'm Emma Goldswell, and Coming Out Stories is edited by Sam Walker and is a What Goes On Media production. Next episode, you'll be hearing from Eleanor Cruz. She's the graphic author behind The Times I Knew I Was Gay. And she told me she tried dating men to confirm her sexuality. This man is exactly who I've been saying, like, I need to find. Like, he's tall, he rock climbs, he cooks, he's older than me, he's attractive, he hikes, he camps, all of these things. I was like, I can't not try because Mm. this is actually what I've been saying. I can't find a man like this. So, And I went on a date with him. And it was just, it wasn't romantic. I, I, I gave myself like a, a run up to it. I was like, if it doesn't work, you are gay. And at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, I'm gay. <laughs>